Binge Movies, the revolutionary force in movie reviews. Millions of fun seekers travel to the Sun Coast capital of America to revel in lawless freedom and reckless abandon on white sand beaches. White sand turns red and fun turns to war when two former friends become bitter beach rivals. As a winter-weary nation thaws, Florida is already scorching hot and ready to rock. Who can handle the heat? And who is going home from the beach, burned by the explosive rays of Last Movie Standing? Live from Hogan's Beach Shack in Clearwater, Florida, Simulcast from a pocket dimension near you, it's Spread I am joined by two storied competitors, two storied guests in the history of binge movies. Let's start with you, uh, Little Hat. We'll start with Little Hat. It's not that little. <laughs> it's a big head, and it's a hat that fits a big head. So No. It's, it's a, a normal size, size hat, but in comparison to the adjacent That's hat, true. it's a little hat. All right. I just don't want to be labeled uh, Little Hat. That'll, that's a name that'll follow you around. <laughs> Fair enough. You don't want to be called Little Hat. What would you prefer to be called? I would prefer to be called Robert Yannis Jr. of Crooked Table Productions. Okay. Right. Okay. It's okay. a lot of words. I and know. You will, and you will be defending the guest <laughs> list, which is currently comprised as such. Matt F. Basler from the internet uh, picked Police Academy. <laughs> Sam from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs from New Zealand picked Sudden Death. Billy from We Watched a Thing, a.k.a. B. Dizzle, picked Reservoir Dogs. And Brad from The Cinema Guys and from To Be Tuesdays with Brad chose, brace yourself, Pearl Harbor. Robert, is that the one you're going with? And then from an special episode starring Things, Cat, Loves, Catherine Gonzalez, and Robert Yanez Jr., a very unique triple threat episode, the first ever in the history of the show, mm-hmm. Ocean's Eleven. Now, remind me, Robert, was that your pick that was, or was that That was my pick. pick. Okay. So, okay. All right. So, that was your pick. So, from the Police Academy series, you got Police Academy. From the Die Hard Knockoffs, you got Sudden Death. From the Quentin Tarantino ranking episode, you got Reservoir Dogs. From the top grossing movies of 2001, 10 through 6, you got Pearl Harbor, and for the top grossing movies of 2001, five through one, you have Ocean's Eleven. Okay, that brings us to our champion from the Police Academy series, as chosen by oh, wow. me. This is the short list: Police Academy Three, Dopes on Patrol. I don't even remember what the <laughs> subject. Their first mission? No. Back in training. Back in training. Back in training. Police Academy Three. Back in training. <laughs> I also chose Seven Sudden Death. I believe it is the definitive all-time, not counting speed, diehard knockoff. Uh, I, for QT, I picked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. From the bottom five top-grossing films of 2001, I picked Jurassic Park 3. I'll let you know how rough that <laughs> list was. And as my Oof. number one, citing against Robert and citing with Kat, I chose 
The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Both made compelling arguments to me. I deferred to their choices. And ultimately, I chose Catherine. And now Robert is here to get his revenge on me yet again right. after destroying the Rocky franchise. That's right. That's right. Now, let's get to our formal introductions. <laughs> First, the challenger. <laughs> Representing true Tampeños everywhere, the impresario of close watches and franchise detours. With a record of zero and one in last movie standing competition, he is the Iron Man, Robert Giannis Jr. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> very now. casual. A lot of build up, very casual. What's up? I am 40. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll own it. I got the Robert and the Jr., so, you know, I'm leaning into it. Now, the champion. Hailing from the Sunshine City. Her stack of victories is high above sea level, but not quite Florida real estate prices. A lavender haze of movie debate because she's known to smoke a bitch. She is the red hair assassin of Screen Run. You're reigning, defending, undisputed, last movie standing, champion of the world, the lady one. Hey, y'all. Tonight she's wearing a very big hat. And sunglasses, and sunglasses at night. Corey Hart style. <laughs> All right, folks. Both of you know the name of the game. It's time to get to it. So let me get to a little thing we like to call First Cut. Robert, we're going to start with you. What are the first films, first three films, your bottom three, the ones you're cutting straight off the top? Um, Police Academy. Let's start with that one. Like. This is uh, nowhere on <laughs> no in nowhere in the multiverse is Police Academy in the vault. So let's just get that right off the bat out of there. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a fun 80s comedy. I'm sure a lot of people are nostalgic for it. I saw it just the first time for a few years ago. And no, it's it's it has not aged particularly well. It's not an all timer. So uh, Police Academy is the first one <laughs> dropping the ball. Uh, so the very first of the yes. first cut is Police Academy. That is correct. To the shock of nobody. Steve Gutenberg. Okay. <laughs> to the shock of Steve <laughs> Gutenberg. And, yeah, somewhere here yeah. for the disturbance in the face. Okay, what's up next for you? What are you getting rid of? Um, when, you, when the episode is tile, titled Die Hard Knockoffs, you know you're not going in the vault. If there's no Die Hard movie in the vault, I don't think a Die Hard <laughs> knockoff movie should be in the vault. So, sorry, Jean-Claude, you are, uh, you're not, you're not uh, progressing to the next round on my end. But have you seen Sudden Death? I... <laughs> did not seen sudden death. True, true story. Jean Claude <gasps> Van Damme fights the Pennsylvania Pittsburgh hockey team mascot. I'm sure it's a fun watch, but vault worthy. It to is not death. Sure. To death. <laughs> to sudden death. <laughs> to sudden <laughs> to death. death. Yeah. <laughs> Powers Booth. He just shoots people in the legs just because he can. Of course. Uh, yeah, it's very casual. <laughs> So, the, the so check out Sudden Death in the next few minutes before it's uh, eliminated from uh, from movie history, I guess is what I, we're yeah. all saying. Yeah. Download it into your brain. Cut. Yeah. And my last cut is Pearl Harbor. I mean, obviously, like I'm not even a I'm not even a I'm not a Michael Bay fan of his of his good of his good movies. There's like literally three Michael Bay movies that I like. And uh, Pearl Harbor is not one of them. We previously on an episode, on the episode <laughs> where Saving Private Ryan 
progressed and ultimately defeated Rocky. We talked about Armageddon, Jason, and I don't even like that one, which is a more yeah. popular, which is considered a, a crowd pleasing Michael Bay. And I don't even like that one. So Pearl Harbor. Yes, but yes, go ahead. In, in Armageddon, Billy Bob Thornton had a, a leg brace, correct? His one leg was in a leg brace. No. <laughs> yes, Billy Bob Thornton. In Armageddon? Yes. He can't go on the mission because his leg is in a brace. I guess. So he... He could never become an astronaut. Okay. Well, there was space. We, we were introduced to space dementia. So yes, I do like that. that's also part of it. So, yeah. But in Pearl Harbor, John Voight's legs... That I remember, yes. ...are in re- <laughs> <laughs> replica braces. They got FDR's <laughs> real braces. They made molds of them. They put them on John Voight's legs, but because they're two different people, the braces didn't fit. And so Voight had to act all of his scenes in braces that were too tiny for his legs. So With his bruising and bleeding, and he would bleed on the scenes in FDR replica braces. All so he could dramatically get up from a table in one of the most hilarious scenes I have ever seen in a legitimate film. You're going to take that joy away from people, Robert. I guess I am. Yeah, I sure am. If you've ever wanted to see John Voight struggle to get out of a wheelchair (laughs) in real braces (laughs) that are too tiny for his legs, that's the movie. That is the movie. It's gone. It is. It's gone. Goodbye, Paul. All right. Well, Robert, man, he was quick and decisive there, Lady Juan. I'm sure you're known for being quick and decisive, so let's get to it. What are your first three films that you're getting rid of? What are you eliminating straight off the top here today? My first of my first cut uh-huh. is Jurassic Park 3. I love Jurassic Park so much, and it is in the vault where it belongs. And to be able to eliminate officially from existence just one sequel to this perfect film has been my absolute honor. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for letting me do this. All right. You're welcome. Next. <laughs> Police Academy 3. Who is more traumatized, the folks at Pearl Harbor, or the folks who film Pearl Harbor, or you watching The Last Jurassic World? Uh, well, I've managed to block out almost all memories of Jurassic Park sequels. So that's my survival mechanism is I just compartmentalize and erase those memories myself. You are the greatest generation, Lady One. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I can. All right. So then you got rid of Police Academy 3 back mm-hmm. in training, the one I selected. That has Bobcat Goldthwait from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me fame. Mm. I have it on good authority. You've seen Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me live and in person. I have. Um, with a lot of other white people. Yes. Uh, was Bobcat there? He was not, unfortunately. No. Is that why you got rid of the movie? Or? <laughs> I'm just confused as to why you're eliminating it. You know, I really, I sat with this decision for a long time. Um, I consulted those who were close to me and really like weighed this for a while. But ultimately, it was the right thing to do. I see. Yeah. And your final elimination is? (sighs) Sadly, it is sudden death. Did you know that he fights the Pittsburgh Penguins mascot (laughs) to death in that movie? Have you heard that? Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie. Like. I mean, I'm I'd recommend it as a as a thing to check out right now if I weren't eliminating it also. So 
the thing that Robert doesn't realize is that this movie was filmed during the lockout in the NHL season in the mid-90s. And so the team, Pittsburgh's team, had no ability to generate revenue. So they just <laughs> let Peter Himes come in and legitimately blow up the igloo. It was fantastic. They literally just blew the fuck out of this building. Yeah. Because <laughs> they had, they were like, we got your money somehow. Yeah. They probably made more, especially in the 90s, they probably made more money from the production of this movie than they would have this, that season of NHL hockey. Back in like 1994. Yeah. Like NHL wasn't what it is today, in the, at least stateside. So. No, it was, it's a very from existence. Film. Peter Himes, we'll exactly. have to see if we can come back to him another day. I think he's one of the greatest B-tier directors of all time. Uh, he, can, he can take any movie, any bad script, any low budget, and make it look like James Cameron shot it. That is his gift. We love you, Peter <laughs> Himes. God bless you, sir. And your son. His son's a really good director, too. Uh, up and coming. All right. Well, so that leaves us with... Um, That leaves us with, for Robert, you have the choice between Reservoir Dogs and Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Lady Juan, you have on the guest list, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it's time for our little something we do around here called our coin flip, the Dunn and DeLuise coin flip. We will go with the champion, it's a champion's prerogative, to call it in the air. For those that are brand new to our show, Dunn is our patron saint named after character actor Kevin Dunn, who you might know as Milt Englund from Ghostbusters. He's in the Transformers movies. Uh, He's in uh, Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis. He was most recently in the Emmy-nominated show, Emmy-winning show, Veep, for several seasons. Uh, Yeah, he is Kevin Dunn. He is a that's guy. He is heads and tails above everybody else, all of our other patron saints, hence why he's heads. (laughs) <laughs> but you can't have heads without tails. The only person I know who represents the tail better than, I, well, I can't say what I want to say, but <laughs> person who represents tails for our show is Dom DeLuise because he'd be dragging that wagon, boy. Um, he's a mighty bitty big man. He's a meaty man slapping meat, and we like meaty men who slap meat on this show. Mm-hmm. So he is tails. Lady Juan will go to you. Call it in the air. Heads or tails, go! Tails never fails. Tails it is. Which means you get to choose between one of two of our advantages. Yes. You either get first word, last word. Since this is a snake debate format, you either get the first word or the last word, which means you get to make your opening argument and you get to be the final person to make their closing arguments. You get to put the final thoughts. Park that big rig. Right into the garage, the (laughs) tiny garage that is the brains of our listeners. Or you can do first pick, which means of the two films that you have, you get the the first choice, uh, which means, you know, you get to pick the movie you want, which usually works out well if there's overlap. Mm -hmm. Uh, This time around, there's there's only one overlap and you both eliminated it. So that might not be the advantage you want to take. I don't know. Yeah. You've done crazy shit before. You do crazy shit again. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, I would like to select the advantage of first word, last word. First word, last word. You guys are going to have to keep me on track with this to make sure I remember that this is a snake. <laughs> so we're going to open our argument with round one, opening arguments, 90 seconds. Since it is first word, Lady Juan, you have first word, correct? Yes, that's how it works. Are those the rules of my show? Those are the rules of your show. 
that you've been doing for years. I only do I only do four of these a year, though. That that's a lot. <laughs> mm, yeah. I guess it is. Yeah. When you put it that way. Ninety seconds on the clock, Lady One. Tell us when you are ready. Opening arguments uninterrupted. Robert, keep your trap shut, and then we'll flip <laughs> it around, and then Lady One will have to keep her trap shut mm-hmm. while you talk. Okay, all's fair in last movie standing and war. Okay, ready? I'm ready. And oh, whoa! You got to tell us what movie you're. Picking. Well, I, I, it's going to be the first thing that I say. <laughs> yeah, okay. kind of right. fair enough. Fair It'll enough. be apparent. All right. Yes. Are you ready? I am. Go. The Fellowship of the Ring deserves to be preserved in the vault for several reasons. The accomplishment of this film are great, but also the impact it has had on 20th century filmmaking and pop culture is immeasurable. New Line Cinema took a huge risk on the series of films, giving the reins to a relatively unknown indie director in Peter Jackson and sending him off to the other side of the world to make a trilogy. This is absolutely unheard of nowadays as studios can't keep themselves from muddling and creative to the point where they will cancel an entire movie after it has been shot. Lord of the Rings is the 21st century Star Wars. It's an epic piece of nerd content that captivated society and Hollywood has been chasing ever since. The film brought fantasy into the mainstream and along with Harry Potter sets the course for the 2000s in a way we can easily lose sight of, but shouldn't. Without Tolkien, are we captivated by who's going to sit on the Iron Throne? Would we even care about Thor and the Nine Realms? About collecting Infinity Stones, Mother Boxes, Horcruxes? The Ring is the OG MacGuffin. But instead of being a thing that we have to chase or move, it's truly an entity. It is a character. It changes the holder. It corrupts them as absolute power does. And it leaves you, as the audience, wondering, what would you do? If you had one ring to rule them all. Ten seconds. I'm done. <laughs> all right. She's hanging back her time. Five, four, three, Drinking two, my tropical cocktail. One. After that first round, once upon a time in Hollywood has been eliminated from cinematic history. And now it's up to Robert. This is the one shot for Quentin Tarantino to be added to the vault. Well. If, may I may if, I if it, interject real fast? You, you have, in in fact, ranked pretty much everything else he's done. Am I am I correct? There's a in few this? stragglers, but this is pretty much it's it. It's like I think the Kill Bills, right? I think Kill Bills, uh, the Hateful Eight, and obviously the Death Proof, and the one that has yet to come out. Right. Okay. So, okay. Got it. All right. <laughs> so, is it going to be Reservoir Dogs or? Ocean's Eleven. We're about to find out. Robert, are you ready? Yes, sir. 90 seconds on the clock. Go. So first of all, I love that this broiled down to two heist movies with vastly different approaches. Uh, <laughs> and as, as compelling an argument as Robert Yannis Jr. made on the episode, uh, I'm going with Reservoir Dogs because you see, you see everything you need to know in this first scene. We have a heist movie that opens with a bunch of criminals talking about Madonna and then a hard cut to Tim Roth covered in blood in a backseat of a car. If that doesn't catch your attention for moment one, I don't know what will. This is a, a film in which, in one fell swoop, Quentin Tarantino had arrived. This is the source code for everything, we, everything else we get from Tarantino. The snappy dialogue, the, uh, the memorable soundtrack, the hyper-violence, the, uh, the, the over-the-top style of his films. Everything is in here. The nonlinear structure. 
It sets up these lingering questions that keep suspense rolling throughout the whole time. What happened during this job? A heist movie, by the way, that does not long that not feature a heist. Who is the rat? These things that are revealed little by little throughout the course of the film, and it's anchored by performances by Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Steve Buscemi, all timers that and anyone who knows anybody about these people's careers would put in their pantheon of, of incredible performances. Uh, it's just crackling from the first scene. Cinematography is immersive. It's it's everything Tarantino, just like in its nascent and yet somehow fully developed state. It's an, a triumph for indie film. It's a triumph for cult movies. And it essentially shaped the 90s, giving us, <laughs> giving us imitator after oh, imitator. Oh, out of time, out of time. I was so stricken Me too. by your choice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, well, like the lady one, I did one of those like B, B, B roll of just like walking on a beach, staring off at the sunset, searching <laughs> my soul and thinking about, you know, rewatching Reservoir Dogs, obviously for this episode and being like, yeah, I think I'm going Reservoir Dogs. And not to mention it today as we're recording this, not to date the episode, it is Tarantino's birthdays. So I'm taking that as a good omen. I'll have to delete that. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> You um, <laughs> said that this was happening live. Yeah, you also did oh, say yeah, it's live. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I did. Okay, Robert. <laughs> now we did a little switcheroo here. We're doing cross examinations for our round two, which would normally be round three. We're changing the format just a little bit from here on out. Um, it is a snake debate, so you get to take it to the lady one cross examination. Lady one, you get to answer. Robert, as you know, yeah. please. Uh, uh, target this in the form of questions right. that the Lady Wan can respond to. Lady Wan, if you are beginning a response as the timer uh, is counting down, you'll have a, an additional you know, 20 seconds or so to wrap up your thought. That way you get a chance to respond. Um, I will put 90 seconds on the clock. I will give you a cue at 10 seconds. We have 10 seconds left. Um, are you ready, Robert, for your cross-examination? Sure, let's do it. The hot lights are on. The lady one is going to sweat. Here we go. 90 seconds on the clock and go. So are, do you think that the Fellowship of the Ring works as a standalone, as a satisfying watch? I do, actually. Uh, it, it feels like more than one movie in within one movie. About halfway through, it feels like it's going to be the end of the movie. And then guess what? It's not. There's still so much more story to go. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, because I mean, it feels like pretty open-ended towards the end there. Do you feel that it, it all negates the fact that this movie essentially restarts itself halfway through? Like you said, like it's an hour and a half of kind of introducing the world, the <laughs> Hobbiton. These are the characters. They're in a group. Oh, just kidding. No, they're not here. Let's go follow them on their journeys. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like it's an, an all the more impressive film that it manages to successfully navigate what is more than one movie's worth of story throughout and keep you wanting to continue watching and not to bail out because it feels like it should have ended. Okay. How, how <laughs> integral do you think Andy Serkis is to this trilogy? Because putting this in the vault, he's not even in this movie hardly, except for a couple of words. And granted, I'm watching the Planet of the Apes movie, so I'm a little biased about this right now. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be nice if there Ten was seconds. more circus, but uh, I'll take the little tease that I can get in this, and uh, it's very intriguing. Three, two, one. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Lady Juan, are you ready to turn the tables 
on Robert Yanez Jr. Yes. Okay. Robert, same rules apply to you. Okay. You get to respond. Lady Juan, please phrase everything in a form of a question. That way he can respond. Robert, if you're in the middle of a response or starting a response towards the last few seconds, give you maybe additional 20 seconds, somewhere in that range to complete okay. your thought. 90 seconds on the clock. Lady Juan, put those hot lights on Robert Yanez Jr. <laughs> Make him fan himself with his hat. <laughs> is normal, completely normal sized hat. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Although he, it would be better if he could use your oversized hat. It is. It is dramatic. Yeah. It's way better to fan yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. And go. Do you feel that uh, casual use of the N-word and the F-word is appropriate for straight white men? <laughs> no. But... <laughs> I know. I was like, I knew this was coming or something like it. Yeah, not. <laughs> no, of course. I mean, I've even watching it, I'm like, oof, rough. Um, no, but uh, it is also, you know, it was common at the time in the 90s. You have to put a disclaimer on this movie. These are also clearly terrible people. And so I don't think the movie is condoning their views on women or black people or the you know the LGBTQ community uh, these aren't exactly aspirational figures so I, you know I think that that's kind of gets a pass at least a little bit for that that that's a fair answer is this your favorite Tarantino movie it's not my honestly it's not my personal favorite it's up there it's in the conversation and for all the reasons I mentioned it has everything that you know we know from Tarantino all his hallmarks and in, uh, including the from inside the trunk shot, all of that stuff is in here. Michael Bat Madsen, a lot of his collaborators uh, start here. But it's also, uh, you know, I wasn't on the other episode. A lot of those movies, not in, <laughs> not, you know, they were already gone from cinematic history. So I guess I would ask, which movies are we talking about? The Hateful Eight, Death Proof? <laughs> I mean, I like the Kill Bills, so, you know, but we're not, we're not discussing that one. So that's another right. conversation for another time. Out of time. It's time for rebuttals. This is our third round, three of four. You get a chance to rebut uninterrupted anything from any of the previous rounds that Robert brought up, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, would, I would encourage you to keep your, uh, your, your argument here as a rebuttal to what he has said, not what he has not said, okay? I know you know the rules, but this is for the benefit of the listeners at home. Okay. Uh, okay, here we go. 90 seconds on the clock, our last 90 second round. Are you ready? I am. And go. I don't believe that we can put reservoir dogs into the vault because I can't support putting slurs that are used in this film into the vault and saving them for all time. And while it is a very good movie, it's entertaining. Um, There's some great Tarantino isms in the film. Yes, but I believe we've seen him use all those, those things to far better effect. I think his nonlinear storytelling is more impactful in Pulp Fiction. I think the action is better in Kill Bill. I think the acting is stronger in Inglorious Bastards, if you've ever heard of it, as it's disappearing right now. And I think the needle drops are better in, like, everything else he's done. And while this is, you know, like, the the start of Tarantino, I think it's unfair to his career to say that this is the best thing he's ever done was the first thing he really ever did. And uh, I think he's continuing to grow as a director and as a writer. And I just don't think this is his best work. And I don't think it can go into the vault because of that. You have 30 seconds left. 
Well, what else should I say about it? I really don't like the N-word. It makes me super uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. Um, oh, okay. Also, let me just say that Tim Roth needs to chill the fuck out. That is beyond overacting. And it really does start to grate on you as you're watching it by yourself. So uh, that that's my extra criticism is there's some great performances, yes, but Tim Roth is not one of them. And he's really harsh in the mellow of this movie. Now I'm done. <laughs> now i'm done <laughs> all right robert you get to rebut the rebut that means you get to rebut everything the lady one has said in all the previous rounds including what she just said okay 90 right. seconds on the clock make your case again rebut what she said not what she hasn't said all right tell me when you're ready ready go Ironically, that I agree with the comments about just because it's the first doesn't mean it's the best because that's how I feel about the Lord of the Rings. The Fellowship of the Ring, it creates a very strong world. Obviously, the world building is incredible. We know it's a good movie. But is it the one of the three that belongs in the vault? I mean, people will have heard uh, in Ocean's Eleven, the, the 2001, that episode, that I think that the Lord of the Rings has two better movies in the in the, you know, in, the, in its pocket. And I think it has two better shots at being in the vault. This movie works, obviously, for creating the world. But as a standalone film, it doesn't really deliver. At the end, you're left kind of sitting there being like, wondering what's happening next. And without any kind of closure, they're just off on their adventure. And I think that's great. But Two Towers works better as a standalone. Return of the King, obviously, closes it all up. There's no Andy Serkis in this movie. So you're missing, arguably, the most impressive character in the whole thing. And it's just... Yeah, and as far as what you're saying with Reservoir Dogs, it I don't know what to tell you. We got to get it. And Tarantino has such had such an impact on cinema in the last few decades. If this is our last chance to get him in, it's obviously we're not going to give Hateful Eight Death Proof the chance to get in there. Instead, this is the film that created him, and this is the Ten film seconds. that that. Uh, also had like Lord of the Rings, but in a cult movie, indie movie perspective, had an ongoing impact on everything we've seen since. All right, time. Man, took it right to the wire. Great job, both of you. We are now in our fourth and final round. Robert, you get to go again. This time, you have only 60 seconds to make your direct appeal to our audience, to all of the film snobs, the Tarantino bros. Why should they go to at Binge Movies on Twitter and vote on this exclusive poll? Only on at binge movies on Twitter. It'll be posted the day after this episode drops. Our episodes come out on Tuesdays. This episode uh, will drop on a Tuesday. The poll will go up on a Wednesday and it will run for about four or five days. Um, make your direct appeal. Sum up what you what, sum it all up and say this is why you got to vote for Reservoir Dogs. 60 seconds is on the clock. Tell me when you are ready, sir. Let's do it. And go. Reservoir Dogs has shaped everything about the crime movie in the last few decades. The, it, it, it brings, brings these actors who, who were, you know, a lot of them were sort of rising talent at the time into the forefront. It brings this style of filmmaking into the forefront. It, it set Quentin Tarantino on the path that would lead to Pulp Fiction. It was a cultural phenomenon that... Like everyone at a certain age, everyone in like high school, college had this poster in their dorm room because it was the epitome of cool in the 90s. Does the movie have flaws? Are these characters problematic? Sure. 
But if we're going to get a Tarantino movie in there, this is essentially the prototypical Tarantino movie. And considering that everything we love about him is in this movie and that Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards, et cetera, are now gone from cinematic history, it would feel disingenuous for The Vault to not have Tarantino in there. All right. Strong argument from Robert. Letty Wan, you have 60 seconds. Are you ready? <clears throat> yeah. You got first word. Here's your last word. Go. One does not simply eliminate Lord of the Rings from film history. This film deserves to be preserved in the vault, and here's why. It's a faithful adaptation of a beloved novel. It's the first truly modern epic when it comes to film production, and it still looks good more than 20 years later. But beyond all of that and its impact on film, it's a story about friendship. It's about joining together with those who are different than you to achieve a common good. It's about accepting the times that you live in and the life you find yourself in. It's about achieving great things, even when everyone underestimates you. These lessons were important nearly 90 years ago when they were written. They were important 20 years ago when the film came out, and they still resonate today. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us, Tolkien writes. And all you have to do is decide to put the Fellowship of the Ring in the vault. And time. Two very, very <laughs> strong competitors with very strong rounds. Robert, you like you want to say something? No. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm glad this didn't turn into <gasps> Tar now. Tarantino versus Tarantino. Because I think <laughs> this is more interesting of a matchup. Because it's this, one obsessive fandom hell. with another obsessive fandom. <laughs> yes. Good fandom. luck, guys. Figure it out. <laughs> Our work is done. Yeah, like, wow. you know, whatever happens, happens now. They've done it all. They've done first cut. They've done the debate. Now it's down to final cut. And that final cut is chosen by you, the avid listeners of binge movies and the people who uh, don't touch enough grass and stay on film Twitter all day. <laughs> it's up to you when you're not busy. <laughs> Astroturfing. For, uh, <laughs> when you're not busy astroturfing for giant mega corporations who don't give a fuck about you. You should be on at Binge Movies on Twitter and vote in this poll. Will it be Quentin Tarantino, The Challenger, or The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, as chosen by our reigning defending champion? Will it be an upset? Will we see a new champion in Robert Yanez Jr.? Will, will one Floridian dethrone another Floridian? <laughs> will they still have public libraries? By the time this episode comes out, Very everything is on the line! <laughs> it's the last movie standing! Spring <laughs> go to Go to at Binge Movies on Twitter. Vote. Robert, when I'm not begging to be your friend and you're negging me, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I am I am talking on two different podcasts about movies. So you can watch, uh, you can listen to Close Watch to where we get to know our guests through the movies they love. Uh, we're doing movie musicals in 2023. Recently had The Lady One, which as of this recording, it will be up soon in a, in a few days. I try, I promise. <laughs> I'm, it's, been a, it's been a month. So uh, mm -hmm. you'll hear us talk about In the Heights. And on Franchise Detours, we believe no movie series travels in a straight line. We're doing the Planet of the Apes uh, franchise. So nine movies 
uh, basically reaffirming that humanity is doomed from uh, 1968 <laughs> to 2017. And uh, maybe Jason will show up on there at some point. So yeah, you, yep, you, could, you, can, you can find those on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, and other podcasters as well as CrookedTable.com. I'm on Twitter at CrookedTable. Now, Robert, I don't want to put you on the spot. Can I ask you a question? Sure. <laughs> Have you ever thought about getting the table fixed? <laughs> you know what? I just kind of, I just kind of gotten used to it now. I think one leg is like shorter than the other, so I'm just like. <laughs> then I would just, I would then be crooked, and you know, I, that's okay, better than that, the table. Now, I, I asked you at some point, I said, "Why is it crooked table?" And you were like, "Well, originally, me and my brother started this. It was we were on a, a yeah. crooked table. Is one leg was shorter than the other, and and to me, that's a lopsided table." That's a that's an uneven table. Yeah, but that a crooked table. That's not a, a crooked fun table. Is a quick fix, Robert. You just adjust it. You just adjust the table. Well, yeah, a crooked table. table. You figure out where the light is and you turn it. It's a much just cooler a name table, than like wonky lopsided table. table. So yeah, yeah, wonky. jacked table up table is, is inspiring. <laughs> yeah. Jacked up table productions. Jacked up table. Yeah, jacked up table productions. Yeah. Uh, Lady Wong, when you're not busy wearing giant hats, sunglasses, and hitting that vape pen, what are you doing? <laughs> I feel like that was unnecessary to put me on blast like that, but okay. It's spring blast. Everybody be vaping. It's spring blast. Yeah. In Florida, you're legally required to own a vape. It's uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It has to be cotton candy. Yeah. (laughs) It has to be cotton. It has to be cotton candy. And you have to blow giant clouds of it everywhere you go. Massive clouds everywhere I go. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Well, you can find me on my podcast, Screen Run. And at this point, because I will have finished editing, I swear, you can uh, <laughs> listen to Robert on our episode where we talked about They Live, because again, humanity is doomed. Uh, so enjoy that. We're talking John Carpenter movies. Jason was on our episode on Assault on Precinct 13. So uh, check that out if you're interested. And I'm on Twitter at the Lady One, and my show is at Screen Run. If you're interested in podcasting Megazords, we represent. <laughs> the greatest podcasting Megazord in the history of podcasting Megazords, as coined by Robert Ronnet. Ronnet. I like Little Hat better. Little Hat Ronettes John S. Ronnet Jr. Robert, I'm sorry. I'm fucking it all up tonight. Is that bait this, this is why he nags me when I'm like, hey, buddy, what, what's going on? And he's just like, I'm fine. Robert is not this active is all of a sudden. <laughs> Robert has signed up. <laughs> oh, God. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, that was been Last Movie Standing. Please follow these people, support their show, and make sure you vote on this poll because you will decide. You alone have the power of which movie, which obsessive fandom will answer the call. Will it be the Ring Wraiths from The Lord of the Rings? Uh, or will it be the uh, Tarantino bros? Uh, we're about to find out. So this is exciting times. And until next time, binge on. Binge on.